Hi there, and welcome to One Body, One Life, proudly sponsored by Jamae's Fine Foods. I'm Vicky Nguyen, and I'm on a personal mission to live to 120, and I would absolutely love to take you on this journey with me. This fortnightly show is focused on longevity and understanding how we can all live longer and stronger through diet, exercise, lifestyle, nutrition, and so on. Each episode, we will uncover tips and tricks to living your healthiest and happiest life for as long as physically possible. I'll be chatting to the experts as well as people who have defied the odds and explore various treatments and modalities to help us all reach optimal wellness. So in today's episode, I talked to Bronwyn Bennett, who is a qualified building biologist, which means she can identify and address hazards within a building which could be affecting your health and the health of your family. Things such as reoccurring colds and flu, fatigue, headaches, insomnia, allergies, skin conditions, behavioral issues, infertility, poor memory, depression. These are all symptoms that may indicate that your home or workplace is making you sick. Eliminating or minimizing all sources of toxins in the home or workplace means healthy, happy people who can strive to reach their full potential. And don't we all want that? Welcome to the show, Bronwyn. Thank you very much, Vicky. It's lovely to be here. How are you going? Oh, the challenges at the moment are very interesting because I'm homeschooling as well as running a business. It's being uh, resilient <laughs> and uh, and I've had to let go of my control. That's been the, the most difficult thing. I'm a very timekeeper and I'm a control freak. Yes, yeah. So, uh, yes, I'm being very flexible and uh, and, and being more joyful with, with uh, the struggles that every day <laughs> are unexpected. That is <laughs> yeah. good. Yeah, we've got to focus on the good, don't we? We do. And how old yeah. are your children? Uh, so my youngest is 12, so he's in year seven. And then I've also got um, my oldest is in uni. So, yeah, it's just. And it's also just having people in the house where I'm used to, you know, working from home in peace and quiet. And uh, and we've also got a kitten. Our kitten is only oh, three months old. Oh, wow. She's mischievous and into all, all bits and pieces. So it's <laughs> great. Scratching all your furniture? Uh, yes, climbing up the curtains. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yep. And we've, we've got one of those climbing frames and, you know, she's got people on call the whole time to play with, but uh, Very they cute. do what they do. Is, this, beautiful. is she a COVID pet? Because I know a lot of people went out and bought yes. pets. To, okay. <laughs> yes. we, well, I should say we had planned to get her, but um, the timing of it was the day that the school broke up on the Monday night, we picked her up from the breeder that evening. So it's been fantastic. Yeah. Sad story. We lost our old, older dog in uh, December. Oh. So we'd had time without a pet in the house and we were ready to have um, – have a pet again. So it's just been beautiful. She's brought a lot of joy and happiness and laughter. That's good. Perfect timing. Yeah. I know I've got a 13-year-old and she was pestering us as well for any pet, <laughs> any pet, you know, a cat, a dog, anything. Um, so we're kind of just deciding now which way to go with it because I actually have an, a cat allergy. So we might oh, head so down. Do I. Oh, there you go. Are you okay with yeah. it? Uh, well, she's a rag doll. Ah. So I find I react, so it's the protein in the saliva that okay. we tend to be reactive to. I find short hair cats are the worst for me because oh. uh, they, they seem to lick themselves so much where touch wood so far with the rag doll, um, beautiful, not a problem. No sneezy, oh. no itchy eyes. My skin is reactive, but um, my skin's been reactive from having to use a lot more hand wash and occasionally I've been, you know, had to use a sanitizer normally. Normally, I avoid those, but under the circumstances. So, yeah, I'm not sure if the skin is from the product or from the cat. But yeah, right. It's, it's worth it. And having a rag doll, she's just, yeah, 
Gorgeous. Oh, that's good to hear. So a little fun fact. We actually engaged one of your colleagues, um, Darren, years ago, about 11 years ago when we built our family home and we got him to come out and basically, I mean, we wanted to assess the land and assess the space to ensure that it was a healthy environment for us to raise our family. So he came out with his dousing rods and his, you know, (laughs) EMF monitor and just checked the space and, um, and he gave it the big tick. So it was, it was great to have that experience with someone. And we also backed it up with, so we had a color therapist, a feng shui consultant, um, and obviously him, there's a building biologist and we kind of pulled it all together. And interestingly, it all, a lot of the advice that came from all the different practitioners kind of matched up. So fantastic. That's really good. Yeah. And that's where it'd be nice if more people were able to do that before they actually purchase. Um, so I do I do a lot of work with the pre-purchase inspections, but sometimes we're so time poor or you've got to make decisions so quickly, there's that pressure. So sometimes people aren't even getting building inspections. Such big money, I don't know why people don't. Exactly. Well, you just don't know what you're buying, you know, mould or anything like that. Um, exactly. But so we, yeah, so it was interesting because he gave us advi- all sorts of advice on, you know, the type of paint to use, the materials to use, the airflow, all of those things. So um, yeah. this is obviously your amazing line of work. So tell us, what is a healthy home? Okay. So a few of the uh, issues that you just mentioned. To me, a healthy home is starting off it's weatherproof. So, you know, it's going to protect us from, you know, storms being in Melbourne, you know, when it rains, the water can come in from all different directions. So we need that protection for our families where we know that it's waterproof. Um, so we need really good drainage around the property. So when it does rain externally, the water is taken taken away from the actual building envelope itself. Um, and that's why we then have comfort within the home. So we sort of look at things overall where there's really good indoor air quality. So to get that in, indoor air quality, we're looking at the ventilation. How does that house, house breathe? So we want fresh air coming in and extracting the stale air out. So that's to me, a healthy home is a home that brings joy and it functions and we can thrive. Um, yeah, so there's a number of little different components we look at. So the, the main areas is just that really good ventilation because then that affects a number of different areas as well. Um, you made the, the mention of the word mould, and that's something I deal with on a daily basis. Uh, whether it's an old house, whether it's a brand new house, or whether it's you know 10 years old, we've got to be so aware of ventilation and uh, extraction and so forth. Absolutely. Yeah. So that it's such an important thing having good airflow because I know um, my husband often complains like if he's stuck in a room with little ventilation, he uh, he, he just really can't breathe. He needs yes. fresh, you know, sunlight, fresh air and and circulating air it makes such a big difference for him and, and for his cognitive ability. Like he just yes. really gets brain fog when he doesn't have that. Oh, exactly. And, you know, it comes down to the, the basic principles of science of oxygen and CO2. So that's where I look at a a house, um, you know, can we open the windows? So I would love people to take a little bit more, um, you know, put priority to the glazing. So can we open the windows, even if you're up on the 15th storey building, can those windows be opened for that passive ventilation as well? So we need to be able to control the fresh air. Um, and that's fresh air in and the stale air out because we do need it for, for as you say, the oxygen um, to keep ourselves alert and and uh, and able to do the work that we need to do. 
So very important. It is. And it's so vital now more than ever, obviously, to create a healthy, happy home because, so. I mean, obviously, during the, the COVID period with the lockdown and so forth, we're all spending so much more time at home and, um, you know, we're... And, and this, obviously, um, the thing, I guess the thing that concerns me the most is obviously the children are forced to, now they're doing online learning and we're all relying on our devices. So we're stuck in our homes and we're, we're working on our devices and we're exposed to so much more EMR. You know, that that's such a big concern of mine because this shows all about how to live longer, stronger, happier, healthier life because my personal mission is to live to 120. But the thing that concerns <laughs> me the most is the radiation. So talk, exactly. to, talk to us about EMF and EMR. Okay. So starting point, oh, this is how, how long have we got to, to talk on this show? <laughs> Once you get me started, we could be going for hours. So the simplicity of it is, well, it's, it's not simple, but I'll make it very simple. We've got external sources of electromagnetic fields. And within that, you know, we're talking about high voltage power lines. So how does our electricity get from where it's made uh, all along the transmission lines, the distribution lines attached to our homes or workplaces? And then how does that enter our house? So we've got the external. Then every power point or every electrical appliance that we're using that we plug into the mains, that then has its own issues of electric fields, a magnetic field. And yeah. um, so that's where when I come into a home to, to do an audit, I look at all of the different sources. So what are we actually exposed to? Where do we spend the time? Um, so at the moment, I'm just looking, I'm working from the kitchen table. And um, got my laptop is what I'm working through. My son's on his school laptop on the other desk in the next room. So multiple sources. When we talk about the EMRs or even EME, the terminology sort of uh, goes in and out between the two. That's where we've got wireless radiation. And that's where, you know, all our devices speak to each other um, or have the potential. They're usually called smart. So we might... In our house, we'll have a smart meter, so that is provided by the the power grid, um, and that it sends out a pulsed radio frequency signal. That's something we, you know, we don't have much control over. But then all our devices, you sort of think, you know, have a mobile phone, we have a laptop, we've got the modem that controls everything, and uh, and as you say, all of a sudden we're all sort of fighting for that control of how many devices, and then maybe a smart TV thrown in. So. Um, We've got lots and lots of different uh, devices that all require the internet connectivity. And this is the big concern now is how do we actually reduce our exposure to the radiation? Because as you speak, uh, longevity, we actually now know there are health effects uh, surrounding radio frequencies and electromagnetic fields. And that's something that's been known for, for a whole century or more. Uh, but there's a big controversy about how bad are they. The biggest, I think, eye-opener for a lot of people is when you start going down the rabbit hole, that is, what are our safety standards? Who controls them? How did they come to that decision of what's safe and what's not? And my biggest concern as a mother and as a building biologist is when it comes to our children or pregnant women or the elderly or immunocompromised people, there haven't been any safety testings done at all. They don't exist. They haven't actually been considered. So we tend to uh, rely on some testing that took place where they only did six-minute increments of the testing. 
And that was to do a thermal effect of, you know, if I hold my mobile phone next to my head, how quickly does that heat up into the brain? The, the classic with all of the testing, it wasn't actually done on a human. It was actually a gel-based model. And, uh, and that model was, his, his name is Sam, and he was based on a 100 kilo, an American Marine soldier of what they considered, wow. they, they say it's average. So if you can consider the average American Marine, they're normally pretty big builds and pretty stocky. And that's where the safety testing has started from. And that's the original guideline. Everyone then bases everything else. So we have this reliance on standards that not necessarily up to date and they don't consider, you know, the small little thin brains of a a child and uh, how far can the radio waves penetrate. So that's where big learning curve for all of us is mobile phones must never be held up against our heads. And, um, and even the companies who make the telephones now, they actually have in the settings, they, if you actually read into the settings at all, yep, they're, they're all there, but they actually say this device is not intended to be held against your head. So there's, there's no litigation. So in years to come, uh, where we, you know, once we have established that there is a health issue, there is no insurance covering radio frequencies at all. Yep. And that's frightening. So you think, um, you know, in our homes, we need to be able to control what we're exposed to so that we can protect ourselves. And my biggest, I suppose, takeaway message to anyone listening would be when you've got children at nighttime or if you're a healthy adult with no health issues, to do your body's best rest and repair work is actually turn everything off. And that's not just putting aeroplane mode. I'm actually saying with a phone, aeroplane mode, then power it off. Um, yeah. no devices in bedrooms, actually powering off the modem. And yeah. um, and that's quite difficult for a lot of people to, one, accept to, to do, to then start that new habit of, um, you know, before bed. Once upon a time I was, you know, getting school lunches ready for the next day and making sure uniforms were clean. I'm now, last thing at night, I walk through the house and I actually power off all the different laptops it might be an iPad, might be mobile phones, putting them all into a different room. Um, to, the last thing we do is power off the modem because that also goes through to the, the television. So it's that new habit to in, make ensure that, yeah, that we have a good night's sleep. So um, Makes a big difference. It does. It does. And that's where a lot of the symptoms we're now seeing in children is they're not disconnecting. They're, they're wired. They're, um, you know, 24 hours a day so we've got to sort of stop that so just we've all got to rest and repair at some stage and disconnect absolutely it does scare me a lot when I think about how much time and how young these kids like my daughter's 13 as I mentioned and she has had a mobile phone I think since she was 12 um, only because she was at a different school to my son so uh, it was more out of safety reasons than anything that she got a phone but ever since then we have noticed obviously I mean she's on it a lot because that's their main form of communication with their friends especially now because they're not seeing their friends in person um, so we're really quite strict on, you know, the time. So every night, obviously I take out the devices from their room and so forth and turn the PowerPoints off as well. But, you know, it does take a strong parent to be able to enforce those rules. 
Um, you know, and it, I found it took me a good couple of weeks to kind of get into the flow. I first I had to remind myself of being <laughs> in that, you know, in the flow of, okay, make sure this is off, get the kids' devices out of the rooms. And now it's just a nightly thing that happens. And they've started to take the phones out and laptops or iPads out themselves, which is great. But, um, and that's the thing, the parents, and, and they have to put, you have to put the work in. You really have to put the work in to, to change those habits. And the other thing I was going to mention, because you spoke about before, like PowerPoints, we've got a monitor at home, um, an EMF monitor, and uh, we tested it. Like we had the PowerPoint off and it didn't buzz, like it was quite low. And then the minute you switch it on, the amount it increases, and even like we've got an electric blanket, for example, um, it's crazy the levels that it goes up to. Exactly. Yeah. And just as you mentioned, electric blanket, um, most people aren't aware. They actually come with a safety warning that, they shouldn't actually be slept on when they're turned on. Yes. Yeah, and that's where you just go, wow, it's not, it's something where the product, you can buy it. The product actually does what it's advertised or marketed to do. It's an electric blanket. You plug it in, you turn it on, you heat it up, but you can't, you shouldn't be sleeping on it. So I'm, I sort of, every home audit I do, that's one of the things I check. Is there an electric blanket? And let, let's go through the regime or, or the little routine of, Yes, use it. I'm not saying don't, but it's almost like 15 minutes before you go to bed, you go in, turn it on, and then when you actually get into bed, and it's not just turning it off at the little switch, it's actually... It's the PowerPoint. Exactly. And I've been into bedrooms where the PowerPoint is actually behind the bed, so you yes. easily get to it without moving the bed. So, um, And just having an, an extension lead onto a power board isn't the answer either. So uh, Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. It's at the at the port, isn't it? That's the most exactly. important yes. off of the switch. Yeah, yep. it was crazy because I didn't realise because most people think, you know, oh yeah, the power's on, but the actual device or well, the, mm. the, the that equipment's not on, but yep. it still it emits. Yeah, there's an electric field from the actual power point itself up to say the switch. For a lot of people now it's like, well, if we want the warmth, what do we do? So um, it's either go back to the older fashion or go back to a, a hot water bottle and they have health issues within themselves. Um, I don't necessarily like the rubber or a wheat pack. So wheat pack, then you're putting into a microwave, um, heating that up before bed or good old, you know, bed socks or putting a, a mattress topper on top that keeps the warmth uh, or putting an extra, you know, a blanket or a throw or winter weight pyjamas. You know, there's so many different avenues we just it. need to use our brains a bit more. People yeah. have been spoiled by heating and, yeah. you know. <laughs> but what we, we actually, we don't have a microwave for the same reasons. But yeah. what about those liquid heat packs you can boil or whatever? The liquid heat packs. Okay, so off the top of my head, I would, would say to you, Vicky, please send me through the, the name of the brand. So I'd, I'd need to be able to um, just have a quick look at them before I actually make comment on something that I'm, I would hate to say, yes, they're fine then find out that they off-gas or do they contain any type of chemical to make that reaction. I know I've used those, um, you know, the little patches you put on your hand. So yes. yeah, when you're standing on a, a freezing cold field watching your kids play soccer or something like yeah. that or netball with <laughs> girls. Um, but yeah, I'd like to know what the product is before I was to actually comment, if that's okay. Okay. Yep. Yeah, of course, of course. Oh, good. Um, so, so how do we protect our homes from the EMF and EMR and Yep. So first of all, it, it is a matter of identifying all the different sources. So if it's uh, something that we can control, that is best. And so it's, it's being aware that if it's a Wi-Fi device, so sitting here at the moment with all the, the learning, I've just had my amazing husband spend the last three weekends crawling under the house. We've got a 1970s home. You wouldn't get me crawling under the house. He <laughs> has 
uh, gone back to cabling. So we don't use Wi-Fi because I actually get I get headaches from Wi-Fi. So if if someone's been sneaky and turned the button on, I can actually feel it. Um, so I'm very conscious. No Wi-Fi in the house. Um, but we we still have it. With uh, so going back, we've cabled all our connections. So we've got now little points. I've got you know, three points here in the kitchen, which go to the table where my son sits. We've got another desk in the lounge area. We've got two points there. So my, my oldest boy can be sitting on the couch on his laptop, but he's connected through Ethernet cables. So there's no okay. Wi-Fi. We've found that the actual uh, internet connectivity is a lot better. Um, it doesn't seem to be the interference. And in the world of building biology, it's very much anything hardwired is safe. If it's Wi-Fi, it's not. There's issues. What about N- NBN is hardwired? Well, that's the interesting thing. It's, um, it's no, is the general thing. NBN box, yes, is hardwired to the property. Most of the modems or the router that they then supply to you isn't. And okay. that's where it's up to then the person themselves to be aware of what is their modem capable of. And there's some very, very smart modems now that are dual band so they might be 2.4 gigahertz or even the 5 gigahertz. Some modems, you can just plug in your Ethernet cable at the back and then you use your Ethernet cable with an adapter into your laptop or iPad or phones and so forth or into your television to alleviate or avoid the need of Wi-Fi. Okay. So, but that, there's a, a little bit of a procedure that you'd need to know how to do that. Um, and it's quite simple. We're just going back to the, you know, technology that we were using maybe 10 years ago where we used to hardwire everything. Uh, yes, I remember. Yeah, yeah it's just unfortunate. Um, most of generalising here is most people uh, when they buy their, you know, or upgrade to their internet um, provider through the modem, if they don't know to ask the right questions, they will be given the box where the Wi-Fi is on 24-7. So it's constantly admitting and, and that's a problem. And in some homes, it doesn't reach from where the connection is all the way down to the other end of the house. So then they put in boosters along the way as well, which then heightens uh, the field. So that that is a concern. So general rule of thumb, if everything could be hardwired, that's fantastic. That's, okay. that's the best case scenario. And there's um, on the internet, there's some great information on how to hardwire devices as well. And what about, I know um, we've just recently purchased a heap of Blue Shield devices and looking into the specific like anti-radiation paint and I've got, got some Faraday fabric and tested that out. What, what, are some, what are some other things we can do? I mean, as you mentioned, the hard wiring of cables and so forth, but what else can we do to protect us, ourselves? Yeah, certainly. So the very first thing is always avoidance. So can we avoid that in the first place? And then we look at, can we substitute it? So if there's uh, something where it's not Wi-Fi, go that way. Um, with all the different materials and shielding, shielding for, for myself as a building biologist is the last case scenario. So um, with that, it depends on what are we shielding? What are we trying to achieve? Um, and then, so, so this is where shielding isn't a one-size-fits-all. And it, it's very easy to get shielding wrong and it's, sometimes very easy if we don't shield correctly in the first place um, we're going to make the issues worse or you can hide the field there's I've been into homes where they've shielded with the, the black carbon paint for okay. and the roof but then what they didn't realize 
is they then sat on their bed with a Wi-Fi device and then so their radio frequencies is ricocheting around the room. So there's little things where I would like to say if you're wanting to go down the path of shielding is actually speak to someone like myself or any of the other great um, building biologists in Australia and and have an individualised plan. So okay. that's where they could either you know, come out to your home. And again, it depends on what are we trying to shield. There's um, a lot of people shielding their smart meters because yes. a lot of the smart meters are on bedroom walls. And that depends on what is, you know, what is your roof made out of. So there's factors that we need to be aware of to then make the best advice. Um, or if you're renting and can't use a permanent shielding solution, then that's where, well, maybe the fabrics are the way to go. There's also been wallpapers. Um, as you say, there's also the canopies. So it also concerns me um, about your actual health as it is. As I mentioned, some people are electrically hypersensitive and for them we're almost putting in demand switches um, where the last thing they do at night time is hit the switch. All the power to the property goes off except for, say, another uh, circuit that could be just for running their refrigerator or for their, their freezer. So it depends on the individual. It's a great idea. Yeah, yep. And that's just making sure everything's shut down. So it depends depends what we're doing. But there's some amazing fabrics and um, metallics. Sort of, so even the fabrics will have silver thread through them. So it's the, the metal that actually shields us. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, I don't know if I mentioned because I'm involved with the 5G here in Melbourne um, with the safer technology there's a lot of people are saying, what can we do now to protect it? Because 5G is being rolled out. Uh, yes. Had a parliamentary inquiry and from day dot, it was going to happen um, regardless of how many rallies we have or petitions we sign or, you know, turning up at parliamentary house. So what I'm tending to advise people, things that shield from 5G, and we're still waiting to find out what else do we need to do. But, you know, if you've got some really good trees that's, so vegetation and trees will shield from 5G coming from external. And right. then metal. Metal is the great uh, material that will reflect and refract the oh. radio waves that are entering your house. So um, I've had properties where whether it's a, a base mobile phone tower they're shielding from or even a problem with their neighbour's Wi-Fi. We've used things like um, metal fly screen. So we've tried to engineer things to the, the best of the scenario. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. The 5G thing, I mean, we, we're fighting our own little battle locally as well because there, um, there was a proposal for a Telstra tower that back of about a hundred meters away from our home. Wow. Um, so yeah, I think I may have mentioned to you, but yes. yeah, it's, it's scary because like you said, they are rolling it out and yes. we just need to do as much as we can to protect ourselves. Exactly. Um, what about, I know I read an article recently about specific like indoor plants like aloe, for example, or I think it's called, um, there's another plant, I can't remember what it's called, but yeah, we've got a heap of like devil's ivy and so forth. But what, what other, what type of plants, are there any specific anti-radiation? Yeah, that's where I haven't come across one that is just for radiation. And what concerns me, like I know I did look into it at one stage and there were some beautiful little succulents and some cacti. Um, however, you would need some really big ones in your house to protect you and that's where with so many of these different things so plants in general I love indoor plants in regards to improving our indoor air quality and to helping to reduce our humidity and just having that greenery is sensational it makes us feel good and we're connected yes, to nature it does um, NASA 
back in the 60s, did a whole study on what plants will actually improve the indoor air quality. So as you've mentioned a few straight away, or even peace lilies and um, you know, mother-in-law's tongue and different Boston ferns and so forth. We, we know from you know, so much research, they're great. I wouldn't rely on those, that type of um, plant okay. just, to re- just to reduce the radiation because if we're not actually switching off devices or hardwiring them, we're still having that field. So that's where I, I wouldn't like people to become, you know, almost like a false sense of security thinking, well, if I put the plant between myself and the laptop, that it's reducing the field because yes. we've tried to actually test it with our meters to see how much yeah. does it reduce it. And sometimes we haven't been able to, or most of the time we haven't been able to actually um, have a significant reduction. So I would prefer yeah. to avoid it in the first place where possible. Understand. So yep. I guess it's a combination of all these things that you're suggesting yes. and, and working with someone like yourself to get an individualized plan for that specific home. Yes, um, exactly. More, more, more to the point. So what about uh, the thing that I found fascinating when Darren came around was he did that whole, um, the dousing with the dousing <laughs> rods. <laughs> yes. Explain, so. explain to the listeners what geomancy and that and dousing is. Okay. So this is where um, nearly every other component that I do with building biology is very, very science-based. Um, and you know can be proven. When it comes to the geomancing, it's very energetic. Uh, so that's where we're looking at the different energy fields within the earth itself. And um, so there's things such as, you know, the location of the actual house. So geomagnetic, geomagnetic lines and geological fault lines. We've then got things like negative psychic impressions, mobile personal lines. We've got ley lines. So there is you know, um, when I come on site to do a checklist of, you know, probably a dozen things that I have to go through in a, in a particular order and to check them. And then if they're out of balance, then I have I place remedies in the spot. Um, so that it's quite an art and it takes, you know, a lot of time doing it. But the actual geopathic stress, it could be where the house itself has been built on top of a, you know, a watercourse. So there could be an old creek running through under the property. Um, and that is impinging on the occupants in the house above. Uh, it could be, you know, neighbor, not necessarily neighbors, but, you know, there could be a quarry further away from the property and that's upset, you know, the geopathic lines or the geomagnetic lines. So that's where there's, um, yeah, there's quite a process to how do you fix that and then placing remedies in place as well. Yeah. I know the person that referred us to Darren, they had a lot of health issues. So the the house that they were in, the bedroom sat on a crossing of like a, I think it was a water line and a okay. Hartman or yes. curry, well, I can't remember, it was curry grid, Hartman line, yes. water line. Yeah, that's the one, yes. yes. Yeah. So they, they were on a crossing. And so in that room, everyone was in that room, ended up getting sick, um, chronically ill. And the parents had died in that room, like both parents had passed away. Then the children inherited and whoever was in that room next, they fell sick. And then they looked into what was happening energetically from the earth's core, like what was coming up from the surface into the surface. And, um, yeah, they discovered that they were on a crossing. And so they had to change the position of the bed and like you said, remedy it somehow. Um, but I found it so interesting because even like, I, I think it was, um, one story that I heard was they looked at, was it cattle and where the cattle sat in the mountains and discovered that where the cattle sat was a good spot. Yes, that's the one. And this is something where this knowledge has existed since, since humans were first on the earth. Um, I just find it amazing that if people take the time and observe 
where animals spend time. So you've mentioned cattle. If I come in just to a normal residential home, um, I look to see if they've got pets. Like where does the cat like to sleep or like to sit during the day? Because cats quite like the negative energy. Where yes. you say dogs or horses or goats, they can't stand the negative. So they only go to positive areas. So that's where I really look at where are the pets in the house? Where do they like to sit? And they also look, unfortunately, sometimes the, the pets are very unwell also. Um, which isn't a good thing. So it's going through this protocol of looking at different areas. And then uh, the last thing I do is then do a cleansing through the house. And there's a number Amazing. of different ways of doing that. Yeah, so it's it's, it's something um, many, many years ago, people used this, like people on the land, this was common sense to them. But if you had, as you say, the cows in the pasture and they were healthy, but the, pa- the cows in the paddock next to them weren't, they would even look then at the feed and they might even do, you know, we call it a, a fecal transplant if need be. So that good, you know, microbacteria uh, transferred from healthy to sick makes a big difference. Mm. So there's so much to it. It, it is amazing. amazing. Yep. And so when we had our children, we um, got a building again, we had dowsing done again and um, we wanted to make sure that the children were sleeping the right way. Yeah. So we're, we're, so Jasmine, she, she had a little like a swing type, um, like a bassinet, right? Yeah. And so we wanted to make sure that she, her head was the right way in her position. So we got all that advice on which way the head should be and where the bed should be positioned and the colors in the room, all that. So it was very helpful because both, and it actually worked. I mean, I don't know if the kids were naturally just good, easy yeah. babies, but yeah. it did definitely help. Yeah. And that's something I, I actually, I have a big questionnaire that I give my clients before I arrive on site and um, some, that's the question is if you've got children do they tend to roll in the cot and I knew with um, when my eldest was born we were living over in England and he would roll into the very far corner and what I now know with my knowledge now um, is he was actually moving away from the electricity point this is where we it's so important when you place a bed in a bedroom is to think hang hang on what's on the outside of the wall so it's is there the smart meter? Um, I did a house where the daughter had been very unwell. They actually had a, a water sprinkling system, and that sprinkling system had a really high, like out, you know, out of the range. I'd never seen it before of an electro yes. um, a magnetic field, the AC magnetic field. The moment we then did a switch around, moved to only a meter or two away, she just improved. You know, a lot of difference. She, slept, she slept for the first time. Um, Amazing. Yeah. So there's little things. So we need to think, well, what's outside the bedroom? What's directly outside your window? Um, just coming into winter is now is the time to move the bed so it's away from any external walls because the external walls are more likely to be cold. So it's good to put them up against an internal wall as well. It's so fascinating. And I know even in the garden, like we've got a heap of box hedges in our home and there's one, there's always one that's like (laughs) struggling and it's on a line or a crossing or something, but all the rest are flourishing and then there's this one. Isn't it incredible? Yeah. It's amazing. Yes. I, I love it too. And you look across the line, you go, okay, if that one, and then you look further down, there's another one in the same path that's struggling. It just, yes. it's amazing. Yes, it is. It is. And that's, then it's that detective work of trying to work out, you know, what's causing it, what's the right remedy. Um, quite often I revisit the site afterwards to make sure we got it right. Um, there's so many different factors that influence it. Or even there's times when if I see certain plants growing like ivy, um, IV is a real indicator of negative um, 
just negative energy in the field. So that's really hard as well. So you sort of you look at things and go, oh, oh there's ivy and it's growing all over the house. There's, there's so many different indicators. Yeah. What about wasps? We've discovered a recent wasp. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Does that indicate anything? Oh, I think it's time I come out to your house and have a look. Yes, <laughs> yes. I'm um, going to get you next week. Yes, I know. With pests. So again, you know, how do you rectify? You've got a wasp there. So what are they attracted to? Um, and so it's that whole p- integrative pest management where depending on what the pest is, we then look at, you know, is it a matter of changing their little environment because obviously where they are it's you know it's a really good spot for them to bring their hive or if you've got ants you know you're providing protection and a food source um so what what do we need to do to remove that food source remove their comfort discourage them from coming back and then you know what can we use as a deterrent and to make sure that it's not one of these nasty pesticides so there's um yes yeah some really good remedies available now Different Amazing. Yeah. I love I love this line of work. I love what you do. And I really think it's, un- people don't understand it enough. Yeah. Like when I say to people, oh, we used a building biologist, a colour therapist, feng shui, nobody knows really what a building biologist is. And it's so, it's such valuable information to yep. have a plan of your home. And you, I mean, we spend so much time in our homes and I don't know, uh, people like us, like we've, we had a long-term vision when we built our home, it was going to be our dream home. So we, you know, had planned to stay there for a long time. So, yeah. and we're still there, obviously, but yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's like looking after your body, looking after your home, making sure, um, that it's fit and healthy for us to, to reside in exactly. basically. Yeah. And a lot of people, it, it, they sort of think, well, I'm not sick, so therefore I don't need a building biologist. But there's times where you don't have to be sick. So many people are wanting to optimise their health and well-being and live to 120 like yourself. So that's where, you know, I look at things as what is the dust load inside the house? So, you know, you might move into a, a you know, a, second, a second-hand house, but if it's got carpet, you don't know the history of the carpet. So um, I would prefer anyone who's got allergies or wanting a healthy home is pulling up carpet, um, get it done professionally. So but it, it's looking at the dust load. So how are we cleaning the house? You know, what's your vacuum cleaner like? Um, what do you bring in the front door? So even little things, you know, taking your shoes off at the front door. Yes, um, I'm I do that. Yeah, yeah, so many people don't or they don't even think about it. It's just like, well, you've been walking in your shoes all day. Don't walk that in through the house. Um, leave them at the front door. Put on a pair of indoor hat, um, slippers or, you know, just fluffy socks that don't make you slip over. But then it's also looking at even the chemicals you bring into your house with your different cleaning products or personal care products and some of the fragrances are just so nasty. Um, But even then your furniture, you know, do they have a a stain repellent um, or do they have something where they're, you know, I just, my biggest issue sometimes is we have school uniforms that are covered in a Teflon coating so that they don't need ironing. And you just go, oh my goodness. The company has been, you know, charged <laughs> because of their products, but here we are putting it onto clothing instead, and that's okay. So, um, yeah, there's lots of things we need to be aware of. So I think I've touched wood, have never been in a home where I couldn't give them solutions or identify some issues of just twerking. Some people are an amazing um, healthy homes, but there's just sometimes just changing a few little bits and pieces and doing it slowly, not to overwhelm, that can make a huge difference. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I can't wait to have you. So tell us what are your 10 easy steps to creating healthy spaces, just for the listeners, if there's... Oh, my 10 easy steps. Okay. So I've already... <laughs> or five. But the very first one is taking your shoes off at the front door. And that's Yes, like, I love it. Japanese some, style. Yes. And someone <laughs> tested it that by taking shoes off, you're reducing your dust load by up to 50%. So wow. anything to, you know, decrease your need to clean... Um, the best thing you mentioned Japanese is also decluttering. So have a house where you don't, I love things and I've traveled a lot. So I'm a bit of a you know souvenir person and I bring things back or you find something when you go for a walk or whatever. Um, is having it decluttered, not just the fact that it looks better, but it brings us joy, but it means that we can clean in the corners. Um, so it's how we clean our house. Unfortunately, when we're all home together, um, we're cleaning so much more often, and we should have a yeah. We should have a really good weekly regime of you know making sure reduce removing the dust from the house um, every day. Even if it's a cold day, open up your windows for a short time, get that fresh air coming in. If you do live near a busy road, or keep keep the the windows closest to the road closed, but keep the windows at the back of the house open. Um, if you're in a scenario that you can't do either of those. I'd be saying get a really good air purifier unit that has a HEPA filter. Run that. It's a mechanical you know, ventilation filtration system. Have one of those. They're fantastic. Anyone with allergies can really benefit from having one of those. Um, then we're looking at things like moisture in the house. So we produce moisture from breathing, You know, our cooking, our laundering, our washing, using the shower. They all cause and produce moisture. Um, a lot of the homes just have extraction fans that go purely into the roof cavity so the moisture doesn't leave the house. It's stuck in your roof cavity. Um, so it's actually venting things externally. If you've got what we call a wet room, whether it's bathroom, kitchen, if if you had the beauty of being a designer home, have those on an outside wall so you can open windows. So that's really important is how do we you know, remove moisture from the house and then, oh, so how many tips is that? <laughs> <laughs> Shoes off, declutter, fresh air, air purifies, moisture, ventilation. Yes, airing out things. So air out your beds. I, I love it. Get up in the morning, throw back your covers. Don't make your bed. You know, throw back your covers. And then if you've got to... My, my kids do that naturally. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. And that's where it's great. We've all got dunas or duvets, whatever. Um, airing out that bed on a daily basis, that helps to prevent the house dust mites. So that's really important. And then, you know, you can make your bed in, in half an hour or so, but daily airing things out or when we do get that odd sunny day, even in winter, is get your, your, your pillows and your duvet, throw them out on the clothesline if you can and get that fresh air and get the UV from the sunshine. That's so important. Um, but one thing we haven't mentioned is water. So I absolutely love and I recommend to everyone get a really good water filter. So depending on, again, there's not one size that fits all. It depends on, you know, your kitchen and your, are you there long-term, short-term, whether you get a plumbed-in, under-the-sink, uh, you know, six-stage filtration system to remove things like your fluoride, your chlorine, uh, pesticides, copper, lots of different things. Um, even on showers and baths now, I do to recommend uh, shower filters just so it removes that chlorine. Yes, we've got That's one. Yes. Good, good, because so many people's skin just um, benefits from having that taken away. So that's another little thing as well. Um, 
they're probably the most things. So it's that looking at the ventilation, uh, reducing the dust load and being mindful of what we bring into our homes. And um, so we, when we built our home, we also um, dropped in the backyard. I, can't, I don't know how many litres it is, but it's a massive water tank. And the plan with that was to have that rainwater as our shower water. Wow, okay. <laughs> but it's been 11 years and we haven't plumbed it up. So. <laughs> oh, you can't rush these things. <laughs> Yeah, so now, <laughs> that's right. So, um, so we've just got the filters on the showers, and we end up using the the um, rainwater for the garden instead. But <laughs> yeah, funny, funny story. But tell us, Bronwyn, you've been so informative, and it's been um, lots of fun talking to you. But what are your top three tips to live longer, stronger, happier, healthier? Hugging, hugging every day. I love yes. being hugged. So whether it's hugging, Me too. hugging your kids, hugging your partner, this might sound really weird. Hugging yourself, that whole. Self-care is so important. Um, so that's hugging, being out in the fresh air, uh, and laughter. So that's what I find. If you've got those right, then you're more inclined to eat the right food, drink the right water, um, get active, move, um, you know, and be mindful. I just, for me, they're the things. And ensuring that you've got a building biologist who comes in to make sure your environment is the, at the best yes. it can be. So. Yeah, I would say, yeah. Absolutely. Beautiful. And how can people find you? Certainly. So I've got my webpage is www.creatinghealthyspaces.com.au. And at the moment for the next two months, I'll be offering anyone who's listened through the the, uh, podcast here, I'll be offering a discount of a free product as well. Amazing. That's incredible. Thank you so much for your time. I was also going to mention with the uh, Australians for Safer Tech I'm also admin for my local city of Monash, but uh, also admin for the Melbourne page as well. Which is brilliant, which I'm I'm part of, I'm a member of that page as well. And it's brilliant, the work that you're doing there um, regarding safe technology for Australians. So thank you so much for your time, Bronwyn. It's been lots of fun. And um, yeah, I look forward to to having you around our place sometime next week if you're available. That'd be fantastic, Vicky. Sounds good. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining me today. I really hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and follow me on our YouTube channel, One Body, One Life, to see more inspirational videos to help you reach optimal wellness and longevity. But until next time, don't forget, you've got to nourish to flourish.